Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used or just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with Future Tech Podcast. Uh, today, my guest is Emily LaProust, uh, CEO of Twist Bioscience. Emily, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for the invite. Yeah, I'm glad you're here. Um, <clears throat> first question is, uh, can you tell listeners at Twist Bioscience, what do you guys do with the company's mission and work? Uh, sure, yeah. So what we do at Twist is uh, we make uh, DNA from scratch. And, uh, and uh, to do that, we are using a silicon technology. And um, we are applying that, that technology to uh, make DNA and advance uh, the research of uh, our customers in, in a few areas. Um, one area is the production of chemicals by fermentation uh, instead of using oil as a source of carbon. Another area is the uh, modification of plants to get uh, uh, higher yield, better um, better protection against extremes of disease, against extremes of weather, um, needing less fertilizer to, to grow food, so trying to increase food security for the, the, the planet. Uh, a third area uh, is the development of uh, therapeutics, vaccines, antibiotics to, to make uh, uh, the, the world uh, more healthy. And then there are new applications of DNA, uh, in particular around data storage. So the, the mission is to develop a DNA synthesis technology and apply it to uh, some of the, the big challenges uh, of humanity. When you make DNA from scratch, are you attempting attempting to make an entire gene from an animal, or you know how much DNA are you trying to synthesize? Yeah, so in the grand scheme of things, uh, it's those are re- relatively small fragments. So the the genes that we make are lengths up to uh, three point two kb, so three thousand two hundred bases, so three thousand two hundred letters. And um, if you look at, at the, the, the size of, uh, of a human DNA, uh, that is uh, 3 uh, billion uh, letters. So we make uh, uh, about uh, one millionth of a human genome at a time. Um, so those are relatively uh, small, um, small genes uh, compared to the size of a genome. Uh, but um, uh, that that type of gene is, is what is being used right now in uh, in research to understand biology and, and to um, um, deploy applications that, that have a, a, a positive impact. So the, okay, so you're making about three thousand base pairs length, and is that a sweet spot in terms of um, you know different organisms how they they code for various proteins or, you know, other types of things. Have you seen why that length? 
Yeah, so uh, we started at uh, 1.8 KB, so 1,800 base pairs, and now we expanded to 3,200 base pairs, and in the future we'll expand to 5,000 and 10,000. Um, and so one, there's two reasons for that. One is a, a technology uh, reason. Um, the longer you go, the harder it gets to, to make DNA. Uh, the second reason is... Um, the genetic information uh, is very relevant at, at that scale of a few thousand bases. Uh, on average, a gene is uh, 1,500 bases, and uh, so a typical gene is about that size. And um, if you add a promoter in front of the genes and uh, maybe a terminator after the genes, you know, that size goes up to about 3,000 base pairs. Um, and then if you put two of those together to have a, a pathway or multiple genes, uh, that's why you, you need 5KB. Um, and then if you put four genes together, you may need to go to 8 or 10KBs. And, uh, and beyond that, that length, uh, it becomes more difficult to model how those genes will work together. So it's a little bit, a little bit less uh, practical. So I'll say that a, a few thousand bases is, uh, is uh, where the demand is right now, uh, because that, that's, that's the, uh, uh, the natural uh, unit of uh, genetic information that our users um, work with. Um, why is it harder to make uh, longer sets of base pairs? What's difficult about it? Um, so, um, I mean, it, it, it's all hard. I don't want to. I don't want to say that uh, making a thousand base pairs is easy. I mean, making a thousand is is hard too. Um, but uh, um, once you, if you use DNA less than 10,000 bases, um, you can use E. coli um, uh, in the cloning process, and that is a very well understood, very well behaved um, organism in the, in the in the most part. Uh, once you want to go beyond 10 kb, you usually have to use um, yeast. As a, as an organism to help you manipulate that 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 DNA, and and then once you want to go beyond the 100 kb to the 200 kb and, and above, <coughs> DNA uh, becomes hard to move around. So even if you try to move DNA from one location to the next, if you use a pipette to do that, uh, the DNA will will shear. Um, and uh, so moving DNA around becomes difficult as the uh, as you go above uh, a few hundred KBs. And then if you want to go very long, if you want to make a full genome, like, like a million, millions of bases or, or, or even billions of bases, like, like in mammalian cells, uh, the DNA uh, is, uh, is packaged around histones, which are balls of uh, proteins, to help store the DNA, so that that histone um, packaging is, is difficult to, to replicate. And then on top of that, uh, DNA is also methylated in some regions to turn on and off some genes. 
And so doing methylation on large scale is also very, very complicated. So as you go from a simple genes to a pathway, to a full chromosome, to a full genome, and the level of technical complexity goes up and up and up and up. So as, as a result, there's a very large number of researchers that work on the gene level, and there's only a handful of, of researchers that are working on a very, very big system. Um, <clears throat> how do you feel about the, uh, the human genome? You know, that is 3.2 billion base pairs. Are you in awe of it now and, and the complexity? Or, you know, you just said it's harder and harder to do longer and longer uh, sequences. Oh, yeah, it's, it's uh, the uh, the biological systems are, are just uh, incredible, and and uh, the pace of understanding and the pace of innovation is only accelerating. In two in the early 2000, uh, you know, 15, 20 years ago, was the first time we sequenced one human, and it took uh, several billion dollars to seek and 20 years to sequence one human. And, and the, in the last 15 years, the technology around DNA reading, DNA sequencing, has changed so much that uh, that now you can uh, sequence a human genome for a thousand dollars, and soon it will be hundred dollars, and then it will be ten dollars. So the um, the ability to read DNA has changed dramatically, and uh, as more and more reading has been done, the Understanding of biology has, has changed considerably, but there is still a limitation around DNA writing, because once you understand or you think you understand, you have to test your hypothesis and you have to do experiments and you have to write DNA to do that. And, and there has not been much changes uh, over that same period around DNA writing. Now that, that's where Twist is coming in, is, is we have a, a disruptive technology that, that is making DNA writing easier, uh, faster, uh, cheaper, and uh, and um, there's going to be uh, a lot more uh, understanding uh, coming from it. So yeah, I am in in awe of the uh, the human genome, uh, in awe of, of uh, its complexity, and, and, and even though we understand a lot, we still don't understand most of it. Uh, which is which is uh, um, mind-boggling, uh, but uh, um, there's a lot of still of uh, great biological discoveries to to be made, and then uh, use you know those discoveries to um, make the world a better place, make uh, make the world more sustainable, and make the world uh, more healthy. All right. So out of um, out of all your projects that you mentioned, which one is most exciting to you and you know let's go into some more details of it um i used to say that i love all my children so um they're all as exciting uh, one or the other uh, so um i'm happy to speak about uh, all and any of them you know one that that's uh, that lately has has uh has sparked the um the imagination of a lot of people uh, is uh, uh, definitely around data storage. The idea that um, uh, instead of using tape um, to store data for the long term, well, why don't we 
do the same as what nature has done. And, and nature is using DNA as, as uh, the long-term media to, to store data. And so in a way, nature has chosen DNA as, uh, as its uh, magnetic tape. And um, so there's, uh, there's definitely a, a lot of um, uh, opportunity um, in that area to, to really change how data is stored in, in, in the long term. Well, let's talk about the, um, the storage of data. I have recently did an interview on this. Um, I don't know if the number is right, but it seems like DNA can store data, what, 200,000 times as dense as any other current media we have right now? Um, I, I have not done that particular math, math but um, yes, it's it's extremely dense. It may be even more than that. Um, uh, the the latest number I have is that uh, you could store um, one uh, pentabyte in in uh, in in a grain of salt. Um, so. Um, you know, you can go to the store and buy a a terabyte hardware hard, hard drive. Sorry, a, a, a terabyte hardware. So a thousand of those is a pentabyte. And so with DNA, you could have a a, a pentabyte uh, in a grain of salt. So that is extremely dense. What what allows it to be more dense? than we currently can do. I mean, I thought we were running into fundamental limits of uh, physics and running up against quantum effects and how we're storing data. How can uh, DNA store it so much more densely? Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a chemist, so I am not a physicist, but uh, uh, in the, in the um, semiconductor way of storing data, um, um, Right now, we are using um, scales of, of uh, nanometers uh, to make transistors and, and, and semiconductor um, chips, um, and, and you know, that we're reaching some some limits of of how much smaller the, the traces uh, can be. Uh, but DNA is, is on the scale of angstroms. So DNA is actually even smaller than than um, the best that we can do um, um, on semiconductors by uh, a few orders of magnitude. Um, so it's just that DNA in itself is is extremely extremely small, and uh, it's been evolved over billions of years. So there's been a lot of time to to um, Optimize and, and and polish the ability to um, that our cells have to copy and, and and make DNA. So I think intrinsically it's just smaller, and and uh, nature has a, a few billion years advantage on on humans, and so that that's why it's better. Uh, however, to be uh, to be uh, to in full disclosure. Um, it is not a fast storage. And, uh, you you need to be okay waiting a few hours to get your data back. So it, it's not it won't replace a hard drive, where you need the data in and out very quickly. Um, but uh, it will re, it will replace a, a catastrophic backup 
where you're okay waiting a few hours to get your database back, your your customer list back, your you know your information back. Interesting. Okay, so it's right. So it takes a few hours. Better for long-term storage. Um, do you believe that um, you know theory engineering and silicon or other you know however it's being done right now uh, that people will beat the storage capacity of DNA anytime soon and have it fast, or, or is it still a long way off? Uh, you mean do you, do I believe that DNA would become a a routine store, storage media uh, in the short term? That's the question. Well, I guess you're saying it can't because it's very slow right now to read and write. Is there any way to speed it up so that it can uh, be a lot faster? Uh, so, uh, yes, there is ways to to speed it up. Um, you know, enzymes can can process uh, uh, information very rapidly, and and uh, things can be done in parallel. Um, however, even without the speed. Uh, even in a change in speed, uh, it's still a, um, a, um, a viable media uh, as a replacement to, to, to tape. Tape also takes hours to get the, the back. Um, and, and we've had a, a collaboration with uh, Microsoft and University of Washington, and we showed that uh, we could, um, you know, Take data, encode it into DNA, make it as DNA, store it, and sequence it back and decode it, and you will you will get 100% back the bytes that you've encoded. So we know that as a media, uh, it, it does work. Uh, and now the question is is more a question of uh, of cost. Can DNA uh, be cost competitive compared to compared to Magnetic tape, uh, but from a from a time point of view, uh, it is already compa- uh, comparable to the performance you'll get on on tape. Okay. Um, <clears throat> back to the crafting of DNA from scratch, as you put it. Um, how do you do that, and is it a very difficult process to create it from scratch? And does that give you any insights into the origin of life itself? Um, so the the chemistry of of um, making DNA is, is, is well known. Um, it was published in uh, 1982 by uh, uh, Marv Caruso out of uh, University of Colorado. Um, so how to stitch together. A, C, G, and T. That that chemistry um, is is well understood and is you know, 35 years later, uh, everybody is, is still using that that fundamental chemistry. So it's it's really really uh, robust. Um, um, the difficulty is in how do you deploy those chemicals uh, on the machine um, so that you can. Uh, not only make one piece of DNA, uh, but make millions of different pieces of DNA in in parallel. You know that that is the uh, that is the engineering uh, challenge. Um, and you know, yes, that that is very hard. But uh, if uh, if you apply uh, the modern engineering method, and if you uh, if you have uh, co-founders like I have that are engineers and and, uh, and 
in skilled in um, in deploying those engineering uh, principles, uh, then you can uh, build a machine that that delivers um, the right reaction, the, the right reagent at the right location, and do that at a very high rate. You do that um, um, uh, hundreds of times per per second, and um, and uh, build you know, millions of of different pieces of DNA in parallel. Okay. Um, are you making RNA to uh, read the DNA and zip it and unzip it, or you know what do you do with the DNA once it's made? How are you using it in various applications? Yeah, so we are not application uh, makers. Uh, what we do is we are we are DNA providers. So we enable people to develop applications. So what we do with the DNA is we ship it to a researcher, and and then researchers use that DNA for their work. Uh, work around um, basic basic understanding of biology. Uh, work around storing data, work around the development of therapeutics, uh, work around the, the development of um, bioproductions of, of chemicals or modifications of plants. So there's many, many different applications, uh, but we don't do any of those uh, ourselves. Uh, instead, we, um, we, uh, we do the hard work of making the DNA such that others don't have to do it themselves. Okay, very good. Um, can we talk about one more application? You know, maybe you're, um, again, I know you, don't, you can't play favorites, but you talked a bit about storage. Um, sure, yeah. You know, uh, what about uh, curing disease? You know, what are some applications or use cases for the DNA you're creating that are going to be used to um, help prevent or cure disease in people? Uh, absolutely. Happy to do that. And uh, so maybe I can I can give a, a couple um, examples. The, the the classic example is uh, you know you you have a disease and and, uh, and someone has done basic research to know that uh, that disease is because a protein uh, is is not working well. Uh, so for instance, in the case of diabetes, you may have insulin that is not working well. Um, um, and uh, so once the, uh, the pharmaceutical company, they, once they know the, the protein that's the problem, uh, then they, uh, they look for a molecule that will bind that protein and restore its function. And restoring a function may mean uh, increasing its activity or may mean decreasing that, that, that activity. You know, both, both could be problematic. And so um, there are two kinds of molecules that are used to bind and, and have an impact on, on a protein. One are small molecules. Those are um, um, yeah, small organic uh, molecules that uh, can be derived from natural products. And uh, in the past, uh, all the, all the uh, therapeutics were small molecules. In the last decade, uh, that has changed, and now most of uh, drugs being developed are uh, antibodies. And antibodies is what our, our own body makes when we get infected by, by uh, a pathogen. And so uh, drug companies, they, um, 
uh, try to mimic what the what the body does, and and they uh, test many 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 antibodies to find which one binds the protein uh, that they are trying to uh, uh, target. And so to do that, to make an antibody, you need you need DNA. And so they come to Twist, and and they may get a hundred different sequences or a thousand or ten thousand um, or hundreds of thousands of different antibody sequences. We ship it to them. Uh, they express those antibodies to make uh, to to make it, and then they have uh, they have some uh, binding assay to find out of all the antibodies they they purchase which one binds better and which one which one either increases the activity of the protein or decreases the, the activity depending uh what they want to do so we are helping them do their drug discovery uh find that antibody that uh, that will work well uh, as as a drug uh, and that is a very small part of of um, the drug discovery process. Once you're done with the discovery, you have to uh, develop the drug. You have to make uh, kilograms of that uh, of that antibody, and then you have to do uh, multiple uh, uh, clinical trials. And and then ultimately, it becomes a drug. So some of the antibodies that we are making now that uh, pharma companies are purchasing, uh, in 10, 15, 20 years, uh, those will become uh, uh, therapeutics uh, that, that uh, hopefully will, will um, save lives and, and increase uh, quality of, of life. So that's one way that our DNA is used to, um, in the pharma. Uh, and then if you peek a little bit in, in, in the long term, um, our DNA will will help really change um, how diseases are, are being uh, addressed. In the past, it used to be uh, blockbuster blockbuster drugs. Everybody was getting the same drug. Now we are entered a a time of precision medicine, and uh, people there's um, uh, more advanced diagnosis to find which gene has a problem and and uh, uh, patients are grouped by gene uh, diseases and in the future we'll have personalized medicine where uh, everybody will get their own uh, personalized either vaccines or uh, antibody for their one mutation and uh, and uh, that DNA will, will will come from us okay and then last question what do you see as the future for Twist Bio in the next year or a couple of years? What um, what do you think you guys are going to be coming out with? Yeah, so I like to say that uh, people usually uh, overestimate what they can do in the short term and they underestimate what they can do in in the long term. Uh, I think uh, uh, for for us, what what we want is we want to be the the, the catalyst and the accelerator of the research that, that people do uh, to increase sustainability and increase health. And that means um, make DNA even faster, uh, even cheaper, uh, uh, even longer than, than uh, we can now. And um, um, 
make uh, cloning obsolete in the sense of uh, people will stop cloning themselves in their own lab um, because it would be more effective uh, to to get it from from twist. So that that is the uh, that is the the goal is to uh, really be an enabler and, and accelerate the, the pace uh, at which um, our our customers uh, develop those life saving drugs and 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 um, uh, better uh, uh, chemical productions for for the environment. Okay, very good. Now, what's the best way for uh, interested parties to find out more about Twist and to, you know, to start interacting with you guys? Yeah, the, the best way is uh, to go on our website, uh, uh, www.twistbioscience.com. Um, apologies for the uh, shameless uh, self-promotion, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, the, it's uh, the the best way to uh, learn about. Uh, uh, the products that we we have, if if people are interested in being customers, we also have uh, a blog section where we try to um, educate um, or provide information about uh, how DNA is used and and uh, what are the the positive impact uh, coming from DNA. Um, so we try to have a a collection of information both for customers, investors, but also for for the public to understand better. Uh, all the good things that, that, that comes from DNA. Okay, very good. Well, Emily, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it, and uh, you guys are working on uh, truly amazing stuff. Thank you very much, and uh, likewise, I really appreciate uh, the opportunity to talk to you today. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.